So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I help lawyers and law firms use technology better. Before we get started and I introduce my esteemed guest, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Ross Intelligence, the legal research platform that leverages AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Go to rossintelligence.com for a 14-day free trial. Alert Communications. We want to make sure and thank them for sponsoring this episode. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services, they're available 24-7-365. Give them a call at 866-827-5568. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio. Check out Clio's Daily Matters podcast featuring valuable perspectives on legal during the COVID-19 era. Listen to Daily Matters at clio.com forward slash daily or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. All right. Hi, Jason. Hi. How are you doing, Nigeriana? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy day to talk to us. I uh, asked you to come on because my last two episodes were on marketing with Conrad Som, a colleague, a friend, a, a cohort of yours of sorts, as you all both sort of float around in the legal marketing world. So I thought it would be cool to have a third episode with you because I know you have a, a special focus and particular thing that you like to work and talk about and teach lawyers about, which is creating funnels and Google AdWords. So I thought it'd be great if I could have you come on and sort of keep educating us about some ways to use those tools. But before I start asking you a bunch of questions, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, where you can be found, just your basics. Sure. Yeah. My name's Jason. I'm the, the founder of Marshade. Marshade is a digital marketing agency for law firms. And so within that digital market umbrella, I would say that includes uh, doing online advertising, SEO, website development, and also analysis of you know the performance of those campaigns. Essentially, the goal is to acquire new clients and generate more revenue for the practice. But yeah, you could find me at marsh8.com. That's that's the firm's website. And uh, if anyone would like you know, to talk or has questions, uh, could always reach me at my email, jason at marsh8.com. Awesome. Very good. I'm going to ask you to repeat that at the end too. Okay. Before we get in deep into conversation, I'm going to ask you to define some important terms for me. Uh, it's kind of like flashcards. So I'm going to say a word, and then you give me a one or two sentence definition. Ready? Okay, sure. Funnel. So the funnel is essentially the picture that you want, the stages from where the money gets invested, and then what happens step by step by step until you get to essentially your bottom line, the profit that comes out of the bottom of that funnel. Okay, so I'm visualizing a funnel, and up at the top is investment, and at the bottom is profit. Weaking out is profit. Okay, next term. So what I want all my listeners to do is envision that funnel. It just looks like your everyday funnel. I don't know when the last time is anybody put oil in their own car, but, you know, imagine a funnel. 
And we should talk going, and we'll, I think, go more in detail on that. Yeah, and I can we talk will. about each layer or stage within the funnel. Okay, so that's what we're going to do next. Inside that funnel, there are one, two, three, four, five, about six layers or levels. At the top of that funnel, so what I want to do is just define everything first so that we can then have a flowing conversation without you having to define what it is or people having to stop to go look it up. And these are pretty easy, but I still want to explain. So at the top of that funnel, after we invest some money in advertising, is the word clicks. What does that mean in terms of this discussion about um, marketing and the funnel? Yeah, so that that's really going to be the first, one of the first steps. So someone goes to Google, they type in a particular search and ad shows. When someone clicks on that ad, and that will take them to their website, that's essentially a click. It's, it's going to generate a visitor to their website. Great. Moving down the funnel, getting closer to profit is a term that you put in here. You gave me some documentation to look at, which is raw leads. What is a raw lead versus what comes after it, which is a qualified lead? So if you want to give us both of those in one swoop, that would be great. Sure. A raw lead is just any inquiry, right? It's a phone call. It's a web form submission. If you have live chat, it's an inquiry via live chat. It's just a raw lead. It hasn't yet been qualified. And a qualified lead is one that now after you've had some sort of interaction with that lead, you can determine whether they're actually a potential new client or not. So not every lead is going to be a potential new client. Some of them will maybe be looking for something you don't provide or, you know, it, it could be for a variety of reasons depending on the practice area. But but it, but it is important to distinguish between just any raw lead that comes through the campaign and then the ones that are actually qualified that you can put into your sales, into your sales process and try to try to sign on as a new client. Okay. And um, I have to say, I know this sounds stupid from my end, but I'm never afraid to admit the truth about my level of stupidity or incompetence every once in a while. But I've been hearing a lot the term PNC lately, which is potential new client, everybody. So as the legal moves into this world of more marketing, more advertising, and now more than ever, I've been hearing PNC a lot. And I have to admit, it took me like a minute to hear, I like to figure out, I don't remember if I asked or if I just put it together contextually. PNC, potential new clients. Right. And and I think that would be the equivalent of a qualified lead. Yes. Okay, good. Now, moving down the funnel, after you've gotten some clicks and or some raw leads and qualified those leads, we move into the next layer, which is consultations, which sounds pretty self-explanatory. Anything to add on to that? I mean, essentially, you now take your qualified leads and you try to convert them into consultations. Now, that may happen right there on the phone. In other cases, you may may require scheduling a separate consultation with the lawyer. But yeah, that would be the next step. And then the next step, getting so close to that profit output or the profit end, is clients. Just new clients are signed, right? That's pretty That's easy. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then after you've got that new client, you've done all that work on the consultation, qualifying the lead, getting that advertising campaign going. Then finally, we get to the almost bottom of the funnel, which is revenue, which happens, of course, after you have closed the matter or if you're just going to build throughout the matter where you are collecting revenue. Anything extra to add there? Well, essentially, yeah, you go from your qualified lead, you set the consultation, you you know, you know, begin your sales process, you sign them on as a client, that client then pays you money, and that becomes top-line revenue into the firm, to, uh, you know, whenever you ultimately collect that. And then we made it. 
the big green, well, it's actually the smallest part of the funnel, but probably the most important, which is profit. And I think this is an area that this is like your favorite part about what you do is finally getting a client of yours through this funnel and finding profit at the bottom. (laughs) Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, this is the ultimate goal, right? Any business, the goal is to make an investment and to and to generate profit that goes straight to the bottom line. So you've generated your revenue, you've serviced the client, and now you subtract the costs of, a, of acquiring that client and then surfacing them, servicing them, and then that's that's your profit. But that's the ultimate goal is to invest money to generate a profit for your business or your law firm. Okay, great. So before we get into the meat of the conversation, I'm just going to ask you to define a couple of terms specifically related to Google ads and a campaign and putting one together and the different elements of that campaign, like ad metrics, sales metrics, business metrics, what's CPC mean? So if you don't mind, I'm just going to throw out a couple more that I think will be helpful so that as we get you know deeper in the conversation again, everyone knows what we're talking about. So first of all, let's just start with, tell me what a campaign is. And is a campaign one specific exercise or is it the two years worth of trying to get clients into the funnel and down to the bottom where I'm making money off of spending this investment in Google ads. Well, I mean, I think to put it most simply, a campaign is just an effort that you make to achieve a specific result, right? Just generally speaking, in the case of Google ads, it's to say, hey, how do we use Google ads to generate new clients and ultimately profit for the practice? And so this can take place over a short period of time, ideally you launch the campaign and it's successful and you run it for many years and that campaign becomes a source of repeatable and predictable revenue and ultimately profit for the firm. What does it mean when I'm talking to someone like you and you say, okay, well, we're going to use this calculator and there's going to be some metrics and I'm going to have some investments, you know, break down what this table looks like that, of course, our audience can't see, but it's important. This is, must be the type of report that you provide to clients. So I just want to sort of pick up on some of these keywords in here. When it comes to metrics, when you're at the working with a client and you're providing them res- with results of how successful or how you might want to change the way a campaign is going, you're probably going to give them a report like this. And I guess it comes down to how many leads, sales, and profits are possibly going to be generated from this effort. So what are the types of things I need to know or look for in a, in a table like this or a report or a conversation with you over the phone? Yeah, so that it goes back to the funnel that, that we were talking about earlier. And essentially that starts with the investment that gets made into the campaign. Once you make that investment, a series of things start to happen. And at the top of the funnel, so you have the money that you put into it, which will then generate, the first thing it will do is it'll actually generate ads that will appear in Google search results for you know specific terms that you're targeting. And we should talk about how all of that works and how that's structured. But once the ad runs, The user's going to see it, and then the next metric is, or the next thing that you want to happen is someone will click that ad. And then in most cases, after they click the ad, they're going to end up on your website. They're going to read about your website. They're going to read your website, learn about your services, learn about the attorney. And then what you want to happen there is the conversion, right? And that's what is the raw lead. Essentially, someone reads reads the content on your website, and they're going to contact the firm for more information. So at that point, you're now just saying that's a, that's a raw number of inquiries, raw leads. 
but let's say we get 10, 10 raw leads over whatever period of time, not all of them are going to be qualified. So after having conversations with each of those leads, some of them will be qualified, some will not. But the ones that are qualified, you log that number, then you move down to trying to convert them into a consultation, in which case you will then try to sign them as a new client. At that point, that client will generate revenue for the firm and then ultimately profit. But you work through each of those metrics. And so you have the data, not not just in terms of total numbers, but you can start to see the drop-off from the number of clicks to the number of conversions to the number of raw leads to qualified leads. And you could start to identify potentially underperforming areas in the funnel and say, hey, how do we generate more qualified leads? Is there something that we could do further up in the funnel in terms of how we target our keywords and craft our ads and so forth? And then, you know, another big area is, you know, conversions, which is how well does your website do? And I often find that this this is a maybe one of the most critical places in turning a campaign, you know, making a campaign successful is the more people, the more, so you're going to end up with people, you're going to pay for a click to go to your site, but the more of those people that ultimately become inquiries, even just raw inquiries, those become more opportunities for the firm. Again, like not all of them will be qualified, but that number the higher that number is, the more chances the firm is going to have to acquire more clients. I feel like I'm ready, but before we dive in and I ask you a bunch of more pointed questions so you can help us figure out how Google AdWords work, we're going to take a quick break and listen to some messages from our sponsors. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Signing up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you said. Use rebate code NEWSOLO to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. All right, we're back. Jason Marsh of Marsh 8 has started to break down some terms and some terminology for us to understand how Google AdWords work. So Jason, my next question for you is just, can you explain, give us a quick primer on Google Ads and how they work and just break down the basics for us? Yeah, this is important, Um, especially, you know, there's a lot of lawyers that advertise in Google Ads. So of course, they're familiar with what it is and how it works. But for those that don't know, so Google Ads are essentially, they're a really unique and and I feel like a special type of ad unit in that they appear when people type a very specific search query. So everyone's familiar with Google. You can go in and type whatever you're looking for, and then you get a set of search results based on what you've put in that search box. And so unlike most other forms of advertising, Google allows you to say, well, when someone types a certain thing along the lines of the services that you provide, well, you can show an ad for that. So when you think about 
Google so and, and, and legal services, typically the structure of the search query looks something like this. Someone will type in a practice area plus the word attorney or lawyer plus a location. So it'll look like estate planning lawyer San Diego or estate planning attorney Upper West Side if, if it's a larger metro area and they're looking for a particular neighborhood. But essentially, that's the structure of it. It's, it's the practice area plus the word lawyer, attorney, and then a location, which, which could also be near me. So then what happens at that point is you get Google search results, which, which we're all pretty familiar with. But I know this is not a visual meeting, uh, medium, but you know, as we just try to break down what people will see and how those search results are structured is you know, that page will show the search bar with the search query that, that you had typed. And are those, right sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but are those my quote keywords that that I as a lawyer who's working with a specialist want to, you know, want to say, okay, well, these are the keywords. I'm always looking, I, I do estate planning, I target young couples, and I will work anywhere in Florida. So are those essentially my keywords? Yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, that, that's the best way to look at it. Google is uh, Google ads, it's, it's, it's keyword-based advertising. So you get to identify the keywords you want to show ads to, and, and then you do exactly that. So if you're an estate planning lawyer, you can say, anytime someone types the word estate planning and the word lawyer in, in whatever geographical area you serve, you can show an ad to that person in Google search results. And what makes it so powerful is that it's intent-based. The person is indicating in their search query the very thing that they're looking for, which, of course, is very different than other forms of advertising, like advertising in a magazine or in a billboard or something like that. And so another keyword is that uh, is, is what we're talking about here, Jason, targeted advertisement? Yeah, it's 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 extremely uh, extremely targeted, super targeted, uh, locally targeted advertising. I don't want anything to think I'm super smart. I'm just, you were kind enough to share with me the chapter that you wrote for the California Lawyers Association on solo and small firms, right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah Which, congratulations, that's cool. That means you're an author on top, but I know you've written a lot of articles and magazines for the ABA. And you know, others. I was wondering, is that... <laughs> <laughs> Make me an author, technically, because I, I didn't write the whole book. I just wrote a section in a book. But you authored the chapter, so I so think, that's author. I mean, yeah, I, I, I always I, wondered at what point do you get to go from writer to no. author? And I think you can totally put this in your bio now, author. So, so you're saying I right am. here on Legal Talk Network yeah, that I'm I can it. start referring to myself as an author. I think so. That's good to know. Okay. Yeah. Throw that out there. Add it to your resume. Yeah. (laughs) So no, side note, it is very cool that you wrote a a chapter in that book for them. And I happen to have it. So I'm just picking out, you know, important things that we all hear all the time as small business owners. And when we think about advertising, I just want to make sure everyone's educated and they get it. So targeted marketing through Google AdWords. The question is though, this sounds expensive for me. If I'm a state planning lawyer targeting young couples, affluent couples in Fort Lauderdale, I cannot be the only attorney that is doing this. So talk to me about costs. So yeah, the costs. So, so you mentioned the term CPC or PPC earlier, and those, those acronyms stand for cost per click or pay per click. And that's how- Are they the go- same? They are the same. Yeah, okay. they're they're essentially the same. And and what that means is, uh, in terms of how Google charges 
for their ad platform, you can run the ad, but if no one clicks it, it doesn't cost you anything. They mm -hmm. only charge you on a cost per click basis or a pay per click basis. So if you're in South Florida or wherever you are and you're targeting, you, you I don't know that you'll be able to target specifically a uh, young couple, right, uh, right. affluent, but what you're able to do is you could target maybe more affluent zip codes in the area mm. that you live and say that when anyone types some combination of the words estate planning and lawyer or attorney or law firm that I want to show an ad because we know that based on the search query, there is intent to find just that. And and that's where the value is mm. in Google Ads. So in terms of costs, well, the individual costs per click can range from a few dollars to hundreds of dollars uh, based on both the competitive nature of the practice area as well as the, you know, the the geographical or the metro area. So estate planning clicks are going to be, you know, far less expensive than say someone looking for a car accident lawyer, a personal injury lawyer, you know, some other type of mass tort type of, of search query. But at the end of the day, what, what I, you know, and I work with lawyers that, you know, it's spending a couple dollars per click all the way up to probably in excess of $200 per click, which can sound... Insane. Yeah, it, and it is insane. It, it actually is very insane that a single click can cost, uh, you know, $150 it's a risk too. I mean, it, that's what's so crazy about that kind of money is it's an absolute risk. It's it's not like an investment in bonds where you know that mate well, you know, you never know, but your chances are better. And I and I think that's what's hard sometimes for lawyers is to cuz as you know, everyone likes to say lawyers are very risk averse. So <laughs> having a conversation like this with a PNC for you must be really hard. It is, but I think so you bring up a good, you know, a good parallel when you talk about you know, alternative investments, right? So you look at, you know, and you talk about the notion of risk. Of, of course, there is risk there, but but let's let's talk about investment and the notion of risk. So sure, you could start with treasury bonds, right? That are sort of very low on, on you know, in terms of like the, uh, you know, sort of the, the yield curve, right? You know, the, the return is going to be commensurate with the level of risk. So the, so the level of risk is low, but the level of return is very low. So a lot of times when I when I talk to attorneys, you know, just about this, it's it's just to say, you know, when you think about all of us invest, well, many of us shouldn't say all, but many of us invest in different things, right? We may invest in in bonds or securities or real estate, all with the objective of generating, you know, some type of yield, some type of return on that investment. Yeah. Now you know, and you ask yourself, okay, just let's look at our investment portfolio and say, what would we consider like a really solid return on an annualized basis, right? Maybe 10%, 15%, somewhere in there. Like, like who doesn't say no to that? A 15% annualized return year over year over year. That would be fantastic. But as a, as a business owner, which any solo or small attorney is, uh, even before they're a lawyer, they're, they're actually a business owner. Yeah. And you talk about, well, what type of returns can you generate from investing in an ad campaign or some some any type of marketing campaign? Because what you ultimately find is that the most powerful investment vehicle with the least amount of risk or a much lower level of, of risk for any business owner is their own business, right? Because 
their own business is a vehicle for investment, but they actually control a lot of the risk factors mm-hmm. in terms of how much they're willing to invest, how hard are they willing to you know, work on acquiring the clients once they call. So there's a variety of things that you can do. And so then what you see with these type of campaigns is all of a sudden you could be generating in excess of 100, 200 plus percent return on investment. And you're never going to see that investing in bonds or very rarely uh, investing in, you know, more of your large cap type of securities. I mean, you have to take an enormous amount of risk, but you can realize these type of returns investing in your own business in these types of campaigns. Now, we were talking before about the individual cost per click, right? So, you know, it can range, like I said, from a few dollars, it could be $200. Now, yeah, it's intimidating to say, hey, we're going to we're going to spend a couple hundred dollars a click. You know, you don't know what's going to happen, but we talked early on about the funnel. And if you're tracking all the way through that funnel, again, it starts with the dollars at the top where you and make your investment and it goes down to your percentage of profit or the dollar amount of profit and the percentage of return. And if you're tracking that all the way through, the cost per click is just one number in that funnel. And there's many other numbers that ultimately determine how much money goes to the bottom line and whether or not the campaign is successful. And the one thing I will say is it's pretty rare that someone will go and spend a bunch of money in Google ads and literally end up with zero, absolutely nothing in return. I mean, you know, worst case scenario is typically you lose a little bit of money or you break even and ultimately determine that the channel in your practice area in your market isn't necessarily performing well compared to some alternatives you may have. And so you shut it off, but it's rare where someone's going to spend a bunch of money and just keep dumping dollar after dollar in there and getting nothing in return for well, it. Well, assuming they know how to run a campaign and or have hired someone who can successfully run a campaign. But I think too, the worst risk, which is sort of my problem, is doing no advertising at all because then <laughs> you get nowhere. I want to talk to you real quick in the same lines of, of, a, of investing. You know, when you invest in stocks and bonds and even in real estate, you can, there are forecasts that you can look at and consider. And you have a very cool campaign forecast chart that I know it's hard because, you know, we can't hold it in front of us, but I'm assuming that we can sort of walk through this really quick because it runs parallel with the funnel that you described. So, Let's say I had $2,500 to invest. The other thing I want to note that I found was interesting, I read in your chapter that this is an investment that you can write off as a tax write-off. Yeah, and that's just a nice benefit, but all the the money you spend on advertising, it's, uh, you know, tax deductible. And we should say that out loud because I think, I'm sure I knew that, but I don't think I ever processed that. So um, let's say I have a $2,500 investment, then according to your forecast, and obviously this is a successful forecast, which any of us would want to see, you've got, let's say there was an average of 33 clicks, visits that came through from that $2,500 spend. Your example shows that out of the 33 clicks, let's say seven came through as raw leads. Well, let me let me just stop you. So help me. When, when yeah, when when we so so what you're talking about is we have basically it's a calculator mm-hmm. that we put together. You know when we're looking at the potential to run a new campaign. You know we start like 
you know, with any investment, you know, you have to make some forecast and that forecast is going to be based on certain assumptions. And so, so we put these numbers into the forecast. We'll say, okay, well, roughly what, what amount of money do we want to invest? And let's, let's just say it's on a per month basis okay. as that's, that's typically the time frame in which you're evaluating the campaigns is on a month to month basis. And then we go and, and, and the next big number that we have to determine is what is the average cost per click going to be for your practice area and your geographical area? And that, that, that number is critical. There's some tools to do some research and get a sense of what that's going to be. But that number is critical because that essentially is your cost of advertising. So when people say, how much is this going to cost me? Well, we have to look at the market and the practice area and say, what is the average cost for these clicks? And just, just to add one note in there, the costs per clicks are determined. It's, you know, this is works really beautifully for Google. It's an auction. So essentially the terms that have the most value tend, and that's how you end up with $200 per click for car accident mm. lawyer in, in Dallas or something like that, where, you know, you have multiple attorneys that are saying, you know, they're willing to pay more and more and more money on a per click basis. But what that also indicates is that there's a return there. That's a really valuable search term in terms of attracting the very type of client that you want. So anyway, back to what I was saying before, is we start with the investment amount, we figure out what the cost per click is going to be in that market. And again, these are the assumptions. And then we have to, again, forecast, okay, what is the conversion rate going to be from the number of clicks that you generate in those ads to the number of calls, raw leads that you Mm. will receive? Then we say, okay, of the raw leads, how many of those do we anticipate will be qualified leads? Of those qualified leads, how many will we get in for a consultation or how many will we you know, have, a, have, a, have a real conversation, or conversation with, opportunity to sell them on the services? Then how many of those will sign on? And then ultimately, what is the average value of those clients? And so we go through all of those numbers and, we, and, and I'm very much on the side of, of using conservative estimates and all of these. And for, you know, for some of these numbers, we, we use data that we know from running these campaigns, but essentially we use, you know, we try to put together a a conservative financial forecast to say, okay, now if you invest this amount of money based on these assumptions, here's what you can anticipate in terms of an ROI or return on investment, the amount of money that's going to flow to the bottom line. And so that's 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 the starting point and, and saying, okay, do we like the way this has the potential to look going from investment all the way down to the bottom line? And if we do, then we say, okay, well, now we run the campaign and we actually have to invest the money into that campaign. And then like, again, like any other investment, you have your forecast. And then over time, you, you're able to actualize those numbers and say, well, we've run the campaign for a month or three months or six months. What are the actuals? Okay, now we have real data to say, okay, this is what the actual cost per click is. This is the actual percentage of clicks that become leads and the percentage of leads uh, that, that are ultimately qualified and how many we sign based on the qualified leads and so forth. And you're able to really work those numbers and reflect back and say, how close were we to our forecast? Did we beat the forecast? Are we underperforming the forecast? But at least you have real data to work on. And by looking at your funnel, you can identify areas that say, well, maybe we can do a better job of converting more of our our consultations into signed clients, right? Because not every consultation is Mm -hmm. going to generate a signed clients. And so there's potentially things you can do on the intake side of things that can help improve the overall performance of the campaign. 
And that's that's an important point that I think a lot of times we fail to recognize, which is a successful marketing campaign might get the PNC to you, but converting them to an actual client, a lot of that falls apart internally. And I think a good resource for listeners to look at if you haven't yet discovered the Clio Legal Trends Report, Clio has been putting out these fascinating reports based on the data that they are able to capture and anonymize and aggregate and then share with us about where some of those failure points are. And they are in not returning phone calls, not returning emails, not giving a consultation with warm fuzzies where the client wants to immediately hire the attorney. And I think that's an episode, of course, for a a whole separate episode. But you said that, and that was really, you know, that's such an important point that as lawyers, especially new solos and young lawyers or lawyers who are leaving their firms, big law refugees going out, is something really important you have to make an effort in is once that marketing dollar brings the client to the door. It's the intake process. Yeah. The intake process has to be super tight. And so there's a lot of resources out there that you can, you know, learn more about doing a better intake but but I will say when I when I have a PNC a potential new client that wants to run a Google Ads campaign one of the first things I ask them about is their intake process because I wouldn't want to work with and I will not work with clients that have weak intake processes simply because I know what's going to happen is they're going to spend the mm-hmm. money further up in the funnel to drive the traffic generate the calls and then drop the ball there and then they turn around, you know, right. and they they're blame like, you. hey, well, not necessarily blame me, but just the campaign is not successful. And then it's a waste of their money. And so I'm not looking to work with campaigns that are not going to be successful. So keep in mind what you're dealing with, especially when you're dealing with, with Google, is someone's typing a search query, they're clicking an ad, they like what they see, they're calling you. Now, What happens next? Who's answering the calls? What type of call service are you using for after hours? But what's happening in that process? What if the call is missed? How quickly does that call get returned? Because the user on the other end is likely hitting the back button and boom, clicking the ad or the organic listing. They're just going right down the page for Google. So the job of the intake process is to stop their search for another lawyer. That's the job. Right. That's your goal. And if the sooner you do that, the sooner you are in touch with them and and you know, because a lot of firms the you know, the staff is taking the call, the lawyer's not always, you know, there, there's you know, some sort of process there with they're trying to do the qualification, which is normal, but then how quickly does the consultation get set? What is the follow-up process if the consultation is set for 2 days from now? So there's a lot that can happen in there that's going to ultimately determine how many of those, you know, let's call qualified leads. And that's why we break it down from qualified lead to consultation to actually, you know, sign client. We need to know what those percentages are because there's always room for improvement. And the attorneys that are most successful are going to be the ones that have that process really tightly done internally because they know, you know, the difference between a client or it could be the different that could be the profit margin in the campaign. So in order if you're gonna do Google ads, particularly and usually the the attorneys that are dealing like personal you know, personal injury attorneys where you're talking about high dollar cost per click, they typically have this process really tightly done because they know, yeah. you know how important it is. And a lot of, you know, larger personal injury attorney firms will they'll get a phone call and they send somebody out to their house, you know, with a <laughs> you know, yeah. with a tablet trying to get them signed up. 
That's just the name of the game. There is a sales process that has to take place uh, to get these people on board. Now, potentially in less competitive practice areas, we were talking about estate planning, that may not be necessary, but there are other things you can do to build someone's confidence uh, that you're the right attorney from the time of the initial phone call to whenever that consultation is going to take place. That's good. Let's take a quick break, listen to a couple more messages from some sponsors, and we'll be right back. Artificial intelligence won't outpace lawyers anytime soon, but lawyers who use AI are already outpacing lawyers who do not. With Ross Intelligence, lawyers conducting legal research leverage AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Ask a question on the Ross Legal Research platform and Ross will return on point case law. Go to rossintelligence.com today and get a 14-day free trial. Use promo code LEGALTALK for 10% off. The legal industry is undergoing a fundamental transformation, and the Daily Matters podcast is here to give you a competitive edge. In Daily Matters, Clio CEO Jack Newton interviews prominent legal experts to explore how solo and small firm lawyers can succeed in the current economic environment. To listen, visit clio.com forward slash daily or subscribe to Daily Matters wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. I'm here with Jason Marsh of Marsh Aid, an internet marketing agency that works coast to coast. And Jason and I have been friends for a long time. I regularly send him clients or PNCs for him, referrals. And so I am going to ask you, Jason, a couple of the questions that I frequently get asked when somebody says, who can help me with my, they never say internet marketing or marketing campaign. They basically just say, Actually, you know what we can do? Let's talk about the gentleman I sent you a few months ago, which he was so nice. So he's a big law refugee going out on his own and wasn't able to take much of his book of business with him. I think he may have actually been changing practice areas too. So he couldn't even didn't even have a book to take with him. So he calls me up and he says, I need to do some advertising on Google. Should I do it myself? So my first response, which might be different than yours, my first response when somebody calls me and says, should I do this myself is probably not Google ads. You might be able to figure out LinkedIn ads or a Facebook ad, but is Google ads impossible for the average person like me or this attorney who's obviously very smart to figure out how to do Jason Marsh? No, it's not It's not impossible at all. But what I would say is, is there certainly are a lot of pitfalls within setting up a campaign that could enable you to spending a lot more money and essentially wasting money on certain types of clicks. So, you know, I think, you know, Google is happy to enable that, but, uh, you know, cause people spend more money and, uh, but, but I, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about, you know, I wrote a section in, uh, California legal associations, lawyers uh, new book association. that's coming out. Uh, or, or, yeah. Lawyers associations. <laughs> come. Don't worry. They're new. They don't even know what to call themselves. California lawyers association. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but what I did in, in that section is, you know, rather than just saying, what you're supposed to do, which is which is often the information that you see out there, is here's what you want to do to set up a campaign, more strategic rather than tactical. But I tried to actually walk through step by mm. step, not just what to do, but how to do it. And again, that's just a section in a book. There's entire books written on this subject. Sure. There can be obviously an entire book written on it just for lawyers. But just to you know, uh, you know, to see what's involved, maybe. But it all goes back to what lawyers are probably better off spending their time on. You know, for a small amount of money, you can have someone manage the campaign for you that has a lot of expertise in setting up the campaign and managing it on an ongoing basis to make sure that 
the dollar. So it's essentially what it's doing. It's risk. It's eliminating as much financial exposure to sort of, you know, these bad, wasteful clicks as you can get. You're going to probably have a harder time doing that on your own without some experience. What should a campaign cost me? So let's say, again, back to the gentleman that we were talking about a couple months ago. He said, well, $500 do it. And I said, ah, again, I'm not the marketing expert, but depends, right? But what would you say if somebody called you and said, I have $500 a month I can spend on advertising. Where's my best investment? Well, I mean, that's the best investment. I I typically tell people it's going to be either... Google ads or or SEO to for Google organic search but it all goes back to you know the the nature of how Google works and what people they type in a search query for looking for a lawyer on a particular practice area in a particular area and you want to have a presence on the first page of Google somewhere so you know the ads are at the top of the page then you have the local organic, you know, the local pack that includes organic as well as a, a paid ad and then all the organics below. But yeah, the, the biggest question I get, you know, from, from people when it comes to Google mm-hmm. ads, you know, the first question is, yeah, how much, how much how is much? it going to cost, you know? And we're not loaded here. How much, buddy? Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to have some money that, that you're willing to invest into the campaign for at least... Uh, a few months to see if it's it's if it's viable and can generate clients uh, and generate clients profitably for you. But you know, you mentioned, let's say you have five hundred bucks a month to put into the campaign. Is is that enough? And and of course, you know, the answer is it depends, right? <laughs> but yeah, but it it's a, what does it depend on? It depends on what well, what is the practice area. And you know what is what is the the location that you're in. So if you're you know if you're a, a, a car accident attorney in Dallas, Texas, versus mm. you're uh, you know an estate planning attorney in Bithlow, Florida, you know the cost per click that we talked about, yeah. that cost of advertising is going to be very different. It might be a few dollars for the estate planning. It could be you know, $150, $200 for the car accident thing. So there, there you go. You have $500. You could buy two clicks, maybe three. That's your. That's going to be your monthly campaign. That might work, but it might take a long time to work. So what I would say is if someone, they have a budget, typically the questions I will then say is, well, okay, you know, once I know the practice areas, well, your budget is, let's say $500. Let's say you're an estate planning attorney. I will then try to determine roughly what that cost per click is going to be in that area. And then we plug it in to that financial forecast that we talked about earlier. So we can determine, okay, with that budget and that average cost per click, how many clicks will you generate over the course of a month? And then we'll break it down. Like, okay, based on that number of clicks, that's likely to generate this number of leads, this number of consultations, this many, uh, this many signed clients. And we look at the average value of a new client and we just do the math. We just do the math. And based on that, we can determine whether that, that campaign has some potential and is perhaps worth running, you know, a few month test for that attorney or that law firm. Can you give us, I always try to squeeze dollar figures out of my guests, and I know we're often reluctant to do that, but can you give me an average, you know, you've been doing this for 15 years now, maybe? You you must have an idea. Yeah. Give me an idea of what an average good 
monthly spend for not just the campaign, because we've talked about what it's going to cost you for the per clicks. But if you're going to hire someone to do this professionally, you're also paying a fee to the agency or the marketing person. Give me an average. If I'm a small firm with, let's say, three lawyers, right? I'm I'm not 30. I'm not 15. I'm three lawyers. Or even a solo, because I know you work a lot with solos. Give me an average number that I can consider. I'm sure you don't want somebody calling you up saying, I have $200 to spend because you're not going to be able to probably deliver what their expectations are. So just average number. Yeah, I would say, you know, in terms of the clients we're dealing with, probably, you know, north of $1,000, a couple thousand dollars a month just as an average number. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me 10 or 12. <laughs> That's not bad. No it, no, it doesn't need to be. I mean, certainly there are those clients that will spend that kind of money. Well, of course. And and again, it's just how much money are they putting into the campaign and how much profit is dropping to the bottom line for that campaign to make it worthwhile. And that's why they continue to do it. So at a minimum, I, I, I would say, you know, if you don't think, you know, consider what you might, what kind of test budget you might have to run for a few months. And that's important. It's, you've always told me it's got to be at least six months. You can't expect to see results in, that are, you know, telling and and two months, three months, well, right? Well, well, that's, well, so it depends. I mean, when it comes to SEO, well, that's, yeah, that you're looking at probably, I mean, it depends on the circumstances, mm. you know, where, where, where your site is currently uh, ranking SEO and so forth, you know, the, but that can take six months. It can take, you know, 18 months gotcha. to show meaningful results. But by contrast, that is the nice thing about Google ads is because it's, it's almost like a faucet. You oh. turn the traffic on and you turn it off. So you can start getting results in month one with a Google ads campaign. There's you know, oh, certain things that take time to optimize, improve the performance of the campaign. But, but generally speaking, the second you turn that campaign on, theoretically, you're now showing ads Mm. Uh, for the practice area, the keywords that you're targeting in the area that you're targeting, which can generate clicks and people on your website and phone calls from those people. So, so, so the turnaround on that is, is not a six month thing. I typically say, well, let's run the campaign for at least three months because it is going to take some time to accumulate some data to do, to do a fair evaluation of the campaign's performance. But, but that's really what it's about. It's just really coming up because, you know, some, even when you look at a campaign over a 12 months or, or several years, some months are up, some are down, and that's just yeah. the natural cycle sometimes of things. Sometimes there's so, a pandemic, sometimes there's not. Sure. So if you start the campaign and it just happens to be a down month and you and you kill it, well, maybe the next month would have been a really good month, and then it starts to starts to bounce out. So that's why I would say at a minimum, run the campaign for a minimum of three months. And you know, of course, you know, you evaluate the performance there. If it's just underperforming and bleeding cash, then, then sure you, you shut it off. If, uh, yeah. you know, you have, you know, t- it just depends what your, you know, your financial, uh, you know, what, what resources you have available, what your risk tolerance is, but, but ultimately these campaigns should start performing reasonably well out of the box. Hmm. I love that. Well, Jason, this has been great. Very much appreciate your time and your expertise. It's been very informative Really appreciate it. So tell everyone how they can find Fen follow you or even better, become a PNC for you. Sure. Um, I love uh, PNCs just as much as the uh, the next, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, right. attorney. So you could just visit me at, you know, find my website at marsh8.com. That's the number eight, M-A-R-S-H-8. 
8.com. Yeah, the number 8.com. Yep. And uh, that's the website. And my my direct email is jason at marsh8.com. If you want to just email directly with some questions or or thoughts that you have, um, uh, you know, I'm happy to talk to people about it. And if if you are thinking about running a campaign, we'll do exactly what we've talked about here. We'll take your budget, we'll plug it into our calculator, and, and I will be able to say, here is a forecast and what your expected return will look like. If you like the way that looks, well, then we run the campaign and we actually we actualize it and make it happen. And if it if it works, then uh, you know everybody's happy. Confetti falls out of the sky when it works. That's great, Jason. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, guys and gals, we've reached the end of our show today. Want to make sure and thank you all for listening. If you like what you've heard today, it'd be great if you could give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Make sure you share New Solo with your friends, especially um, it's that time of the year. It depends, I guess, what time you're listening to it, but bar exams are happening, sort of, and there'll be a lot of New Solos coming out in the world. Tell them about New Solo. I, I get so many nice compliments, thankfully, from people who listen and have found it helpful. So tell your friends. I hope you all have a wonderful day, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. And remember, you're not alone. You're New Solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice. Solo, here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.